Yeah, what's up? I got Max on my right. Hello. What's up, guys? Double points again is what's up. Yeah. Double points again. Even better this time. If we get another week, does the multiplier come into effect? Yeah, Mike, that's right, right? Yeah, the special meter fills. (laughs) Finally. And then you get to... (laughs) Right down, left, triangle, and then you do a 900. Right. We are almost at full mana right now, (laughs) which means that we get to break a rule. Yeah. That 4X multiplier is right around the corner. Yeah. We get to break a rule. And and they let you get a 4X multiplier and you get to break one rule. Guys, if we could break one rule as Haas team principal, what rule would we break? Uh, put a jet on the back of the car. <laughs> I mean, jets. Could you have a relationship with one of the team members? Oh, that's a good idea. You'd have a relationship? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I was Mick thinking like, like having a oh, relationship. Oh, oh, have a super soaker full of paint. Oh, okay. <laughs> or oil. That shoots just out the front a, of the car. Like, you know how they have that top view and every once in a while they'll see like the little hand movement, just like very, very small coming out of the cockpit. But you imagine like a little super zoker coming out of that hole, <laughs> just like <laughs> red paint on Lewis Hamilton, then back in the table. Just yeah. like, ah, yeah. what was that? Guys, we deserve this. Yeah, we do. We deserve this. We've worked very hard. Mick has worked hard. He deserves a so- super soaker full of oil. Yeah. Yes. That would be great. To blast at Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> because they were battling this week. Such a fun battle. I, Mick is taking it to both world champions on the grid Unreal. quite regularly. Unreal. These yeah. days. Before the last two weeks, we never really got to see the tenacity of Mick Schumacher. And now we see it and it's there. Yeah. It's cool. And I'm loving it. Yeah. I mean, it was so intense. It was great to see him. And obviously, Lewis, <laughs> that meme that we sent back and forth, and we might have to post it on Instagram now that I'm sharing it, but it, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton battles anyone. And then the, the caption underneath <laughs> was Lord Sidious. <laughs> and it says, this is, <laughs> the attempt on my life has left me scarred or whatever. The attempt on my life has left me scarred and deformed. <laughs> This is so funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you could hear Lewis coming over to the radio and being like, their straight line speed is insane and yeah. just getting frustrated. And- yeah, their, their straight line speed is crazy, he says, yeah. as he's being led by the Haases for 15 laps. Yeah. 15 laps. I'm loving that. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing better than seeing a Mercedes frustrated by a Haas. <laughs> it right. feels wonderful. Yeah, it's so great. Billions of dollars versus just like a couple guys in a garage. With you know? some nachos. Yeah. From the gas station. <laughs> from the US just like throwing stuff at a car. It's just, that's what it feels like and it's great. Yeah, we're hoping to get an interview with one of the logistics uh, managers for Haas Racing and uh, we're going to ask them if they 
stuff the shipping containers full of nachos before it leaves port and then what happens if they forget are the cars in there yes are the tools in there yes are the nachos in there i'm just i'm curious what kind of vessel do you use for the cheese that makes it last long enough oh, just five gallon buckets oh uh, yeah it's okay. like a fire yeah. extinguisher type like the home depot pressure, buckets pressure, <laughs> a pressured tank like helium <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a it's pressurized a metal, nacho cheese. It's just a giant cheese whiz thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Kevin, do you have the cheese? <laughs> Push your button. Do you have the cheese? <laughs> Give me the cheese. But it was so, a great race. Yeah. Such an amazing race. Really fun to watch on so many accounts. We had amazing midfield fights, amazing fights with the race leaders. Um, we saw Mick overtake Norris and Alonzo. And then teammate Kevin, which I just thought was so so thrilling to watch. Like you guys said, we saw how aggressive Mick actually is because we haven't really been able to see him at full strength. Or even really televised because, you know, once you get, once you get past mid-pack towards Plan L's territory, we start to lose television coverage. Right. Unless Plan L pulls a signature pet, Plan L. Yeah. So the other part of this, though, is... There was a moment there where I was like five or six cars were all going into turn one and it was just, it was mainly Haas controlling the pack. Yeah. I think Kevin was leading and Mick was behind him. Yeah. And then who else? It was like Norris and Alonzo Alonzo and Alcon. And yeah, and it just was like, it was just the ultimate dice. (laughs) And I was like, gosh, turn one has never been that interesting. Right. right. (laughs) And so it was great to see that they're kind of leading the charge for that mid pack. I know Kevin had an engine issue, so he was maintaining a problem. Oh, I didn't know that. And so Mick, Mick delivered what they needed for a good result while Kevin struggled, but Kevin still managed to pull Kevin's off Kevin's awesome, man. Kevin's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he deserves a shout out for just the sake of uh, not ending up Carlos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a very hot chili pepper mm. after this weekend. Yeah, no kidding. Which was, I feel like, it, just to touch on that for a moment, I feel like it's pretty unacceptable in 2022 to have a car that catches on fire like that without something traumatic happening to the car itself yeah so it was really surprising to see it go up in flames and then burn aggressively and quickly right and he couldn't even get the car stopped get out before that thing was engulfed uh watching that slow-mo martin brundle uh made the observation that yeah it it blew up like three times if you watch that slow-mo it's It's blowing up yeah through the side pods when it's first wow. starts smoking, it's like, boom, boom, Ooh. boom, boom. Ooh. And and it's not until he stops and the wind isn't blowing through it that it lights on fire. But that thing blew up. It literal bomb. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, is it though? <laughs> I, it, I, he did just defy orders and win Silverstone. <gasps> oh. What are, I... Are you getting at what I think you're getting Did at? Did the camera cut to Bonota with him with like a detonator? <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and an evil mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That'll teach him for messing with my jars. <laughs> uh, speaking of race leaders, we saw both Lewis and Max and a couple of others get their lap times deleted yeah. during a race where track limits were very strictly imposed and very often broken. 40 Three times. Wow. The FIA 
imposed multiple five second penalties to uh, throughout the race, but it was forty three times that people had been black and white flagged or penalized for track limits. I guess I haven't seen that in a race before. Is that just because the Austrian Grand Prix is so fast or were they pushing each other a lot? And does that happen in other races? Well, I think the layout of the Austrian track is pretty simple by design from comparison to a lot of like the Saudi Arabia track, which is really twisty. Mm -hmm. This one's pretty, you know, structured and it has long straightaways. I think three DRS zones in a row. Um, And so like, you know, if you're, I think for the, what I'm getting at here is that with Saudi Arabia, there's walls, Monaco, there's walls. There's a lot of these tracks that are just like Imola Mm. on a wall. These are dangerous circuits that you can't really push it, right? Mm. But at Austria, that track limit is a white line that heads into grass or gravel. Mm -hmm. And if you can exceed that white line, you're Mm. gaining a fraction of a second in momentum. And so the, the race directors, which are again, new this year because they relieved Michael Massey of duty and replaced him with two race with directors. two autonomous robots. Yeah. And those guys are very by the book for certain things and then have left the racing to racing in a lot of instances. I have noticed that less things are being penalized this year mm-hmm. for driver contact that just seems like a racing instant. Rinse. Ah. Incidents. Yeah. An actual a racing incident. incident. Oh. Less penalties there. So, so anyways, but the, when it comes to track limits, it's something that they're being really strict on mm-hmm. and it's don't mess with them. But the other part of that, and this is the last note, with the 18-inch wheel and the bigger tire, it's really tough to know where you are. Oh, that's a good point. I forget that those wheels are bigger than last year and it's covering up their vision a little bit. Yeah, well, you used to be able to see the nose and the front wing really clearly because it's a 15-inch wheel. Now we're talking in, you know, quite a bit bigger wheel that's fully blocking that end plate of the wing. You have no idea whether or not you're flirting with a white line. Yeah, good point. So 43 times drivers exceeded track limits, and it... What does it mean they got a lap time deleted? Like, were they on, like, a fast lap? Yeah, so if they're competing for fastest lap, they'll remove it from your record. Um, And especially in qualifying practice, any of those sessions, Mm -hmm. anything that you laid down but you exceeded track limits will be deleted. Okay. And so it didn't even happen. It didn't happen. Gotcha. So here's a question for you. As they were tallying up all of these track limits violations, I was curious, uh, Lewis came over the radio when he got his track time deleted. And he said, what? I, I never went off the track. That was his like... That's BS is what yeah, he, he said. He basically yeah. said he got his track time deleted. And for those, for, for newbies, basically, you leave the track a certain, a certain amount of time, you get a black and white flag, which says, don't do it again. And if you do it again, you get track time deleted. And tons of people that happened to on this race. And I was so curious, if the drivers don't know, if Lewis doesn't know... What instruments are they using to, to detect that they are leaving the track? They have, so the FIA and the stewards have more cameras than are being used for the broadcast. Uh, their specific design is to essentially be used as the referee in those cases. Okay, so there's, there's all the broadcast t- cameras. 
Correct. And then there's another camera team that is filming in some different way to strictly be able to measure what drivers are doing. And that's what's that's what I'm just so curious about is like if Lewis can't see, then that means he's probably over by like inches, millimeters. And yeah. I, and all it needs is you need all four tires to be out of bounds. Correct. So like yeah. just one rear tire could barely be over the line. That is so much to watch yeah. at, in like super zoom. Mm. I just am so curious. If right. a driver can't tell, yeah. how can they tell? Well, it is specific corners as well. It's not the entire track. Okay. There are certain okay. corners. So there's like three corners that are probably, you know, commonly exceeded and they've got a camera trained on that. And they're like, that got him, got him, got him. I'm, I'm fully speaking at a turn here with no research. But knowing how programming and software works, there's likely a way to be able to design that, a software that triggers like, hey, that's beyond the line. Yeah. And then they'll review it. And yes, all four tires went yeah. over. Mm -hmm. Okay, Lewis, lap time deleted. Okay. I'm assuming there's some work there, but yeah, there are more cameras than what we see on television. Well, I'm picturing those like really, really close-up shots where like you see bits of rubber coming off the tires in slow mode. They don't show those during the broadcast. Right. They like replay they're like, oh, I think we have tire degradation on this tire and they look you get corner the blister. Corner. Yeah. And it's yeah. Like, it's probably some of those cameras that are zoomed in close to corners. Yeah. Super high res. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. a that's a good good working solution. Yeah. Also, are teams using these cameras? Like Max is saying, like they know about degradation. They'll tell the driver about degradation and right. how are they getting that info? The teams have access to onboards. And they also have thermal monitoring of the tires. They do have like the ability to see the temperature mm -hmm. and just how hot the tires are getting. Um, and then again, it's like you've got the onboards, you've got the temperature, but they also have sensors for some of that as well. It's not just the cameras that they're referring to. Um, and then the driver's usually the one that's reporting graining or blisters. Oh, okay, okay. But the team is well aware of at least the temperature and the, I, I, I don't know for a fact, but I think they do have mm. some rough knowledge of at least the PSI, what kind of pressure the tire is. Okay, okay. But the okay. team's the broadcast and then of course they also have the telemetry, which is throttle brake and all that other stuff. Okay, cool. I was just, I was super curious about that. Thanks for the answer. Really fun race. Two really, really exciting races twice in a row. I'm just loving how this season is is shaping up and it's really exciting. And now like Chucky Leclerc is... Back in the fight. Yeah. He's now within like points fighting distance again. 30 points, I think. So that's like a race, right? It's a one win with a DNF from Max. Oh, right. I think 25 is... We know what Carlos has to do. <laughs> <laughs> Plan signs. <laughs> Benoit was just like, you know what we're capable of, Carlos. <laughs> you don't, You're like, yeah, you don't crappy play by the pit rules. stops and horrible strategy. Yeah, we know. <laughs> you don't play by the rules. You get a blown engine. <laughs> Please don't ask me to do this. <laughs> Please don't. There's going to come an order where Benoit is like, do it. Is execute order 66. Don't ask me to do this. Do it. I'm asking you, please do not ask me to do this. Do it. I know I should have never please. left McLaren. And then just bullets right into the side of Max for stab. And then, please forgive and then me, Chucky, Padre. Chuck just goes right past. Do it. Do it. He gets back to the pit, just like, I did it. I just ran I into did him. It. Took him out. And the kids and the women, too. <laughs> I sent Sergio to the outer room, just like you said. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. 
I don't know. Maybe he gets a driver's <laughs> bonus for that. <laughs> maybe he gets to. Yeah, he gets like ten more bucks on his paycheck. Yeah. Sounds if he, right. if he puts a if he puts a car sized hole in Sergio Perez's side pod, I will do any anything <laughs> you ask me to. I will do anything for love, but not that. <laughs> and I mean, just real quick, it's yeah. great to see Ferrari win something and kind of turn the table a little bit. Here. Oh yeah, like uh, I'm so anxious to see this fight come down to the wire, and I'm just really hoping it does. Yeah, me and Mike were talking before this, like. Um, it's fun when like a championship is close. Right. Red Bull winning, yeah. Ferrari winning. It's just fun that like hopefully it comes down to a point where it's just within a couple points. Like last year was so exciting. Insane. Yeah. yeah. I, I will, for the record, and this is something that we didn't even discuss on the podcast, but we watched all three of us together, watched Abu Dhabi together. And, uh, as everyone can remember, it was an unbelievable finish with a lot of controversy, but, uh, <laughs> it was what with like two laps to go I said well it would take a freaking miracle <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and plan yeah. L sure enough yeah uh, I, I smack the wall and Parker goes you said it would take a miracle <laughs> it was crazy I thought we just lost our minds it was oh. so fun to watch so I mean yeah. we would love to repeat a dramatic finish again I think yeah um, I don't know if anything will ever be quite as Netflix scripted feeling. Yeah. That was as- a really well written season. <laughs> yeah. Haas moved up in the constructors championship. B seven. So cool. Yep. So great to have them back in the in the hunt. And they're not that far behind the next one. We keep getting double points finishes. They're slowly moving up. I yeah. imagine Gene is so ecstatic right now. I was just thinking about that today because we, when we started this podcast, guys, mm-hmm. Haas was not on an upward trend yeah. by any means. And Remember, it's funny we were to hopeful. Think about. We were like, we hope, we hope to get points this season. Yeah, we hope to get any points yeah. at the all. Hash, the hashtag out for points now feels a little broken. Yeah. Because we've just- we're out. We're blood. out to get lots of points. We're out for podiums now. Yeah. We were talking about that conversation where Gunter is reassuring Gene on the phone right. and drive to survive. And this is where Haas was not even yeah. you know four or five months ago. And yeah, so now we are in front of Williams, Aston Martin, and Alphatari at position seven in the Constructors' Championship. That's got to hurt. So rad. It's got to hurt we're for right, those three teams. Right behind Alpha and Alpine, and then McLaren. It's amazing. It's so great. It's so great to see, and and truly, like, you know, again, and we've talked about this on the show as well, where it's almost hard to associate Williams with success in the current era. Oh, I, it's, I can't even I picture can't. it. Right, but the, the team has so much history there of being a successful team. But Williams, Aston Martin, having so much funding now, having their own wind tunnel, a lot of things that have kind of developed on their end. Mm-hmm. Alpha Tauri obviously has, is the sister team to Red Bull mm-hmm. and should have no reason to be very slow. I mean, it's just, it's so great. So great to see yeah. Haas in there. So yeah. cool. So on this last race, we saw Magnussen gain. He, he took home four points. He. We saw Mick Schumacher take home eight points. Whoa, doubling it. So how close is he now to Max? Now, now here we go. Here we go. This is a great The thing. F1 championship is led by Max Verstappen at 208 points. Ooh, we're close. That means we are only 
196 points away from winning it's not impossible. the Drivers' Championship. If Mick won every race and Kevin Magnuson got second in every race for the rest of the season, it's possible. And if Max DNF'd in every race. <laughs> so, Haas boys, if you can make that happen, let's do it. So this is, we will take this responsibility. This is the plot twist. We all think that Bonotto has plans. Mental signed. problems. Yeah, Order 66. But it's Gunter. <gasps> what did you say? Gunter's the one that has planned signs. And he's the one that's going to be like, Carlos, you know what to do? <laughs> <laughs> Execute Ota 66. Man, we need some more drama like that. Like some double agents and stuff. <laughs> I think signs, it's like, he's got a, you know, there's some, there's some relationship there. It's yeah. Ferrari. It's Haas. Mm. Come on. Yeah. It could happen. It so happen. for the rest of the season, <laughs> do we now have a realistic goal of seeing a Haas on the podium? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, last had, season and even this season, we've seen some mm. of these weird midfield races Yeah, where everybody crashes into each other at the front mm -hmm. or just screws up their race and 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 three out of those five trailing cars uh -huh. wins yeah like that happens like three four times a year maybe three times a you season you ready for it i'm ready you ready for a prediction what is it monza das monza it's the dark horse on the calendar it's right pierre gasly ricardo these teams that weren't the top. And they were probably fourth or fifth in the championship constructor-wise. Oh. So we're we're right in the mix for something epic. And if not if not an actual overall win, a podium is within reach. And Monza could be the type of track that delivers that type of result. Now, last year's car was trickier to follow, and there's some other factors there as to why once you got out front at Monza, you were kind of guaranteed the win. And this is going to be a different car and a different, you know, situation there. Yeah. However, it's still really fast straight line speed track. We were just talking about how Lewis was complaining about how fast the Haas is on the straight. I'm just saying. Monza's a gorgeous track. Maybe we can get those rims from chariot. <laughs> we can get those rims from chariot wheels that have the blades on them. Oh, and okay, we so just like, get alongside of them, just pop tires like, like yeah. in Greece, yeah, yeah. And just split, spit flames, just like the Colosseum, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that should be the rule that we pick that we break. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. come on, why can't these stewards just be cool for once? <laughs> Let you stay out past midnight. Let the boys race. Let yeah. the boys be boys. Let them put <laughs> blades on their tires for once. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> These freaking babies. It's Italy. It's Italy. They love stuff it's there. It's the home of the Coliseum. You might as well make the, the racetrack one. And the Glardy Arters. <laughs> it's the home of the Coliseum. <laughs> it's his home course. <laughs> they should put a track around the Coliseum and just have it be like a 300 oh. lap race. It's just yeah. oval. Yeah. It's called it's called Daytona, Max. <laughs> they should also do like enclosed wheels cars. So NASCAR. <laughs> and they okay. should let them, yeah, just get, they should drive in an oval and cover their wheels. And yeah. just bump each other the whole time. Yeah, that sounds sick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> it turns out I just really want NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. Still hasn't really watched it. September 11th is the day that Mons is happening. So oh. 
Why not have a big win for America on September 11th in Monza, Italy? Let's Uh, do it. Okay. Fine. We'll do it. We'll do it. Fine. Switching gears. Got a couple of things to talk about this race. Number one, big headline. The old scolding the young. Oh, you talking about Alonzo? Yeah, we saw an awesome moment between <laughs> Fernando Alonzo and Yuki Sonoda. Yeah. When Alonzo was passing Yuki. In the grass. And, uh, because Yuki didn't give him <laughs> any, enough, space. any space. <laughs> yeah. uh, sparks flying. He's half in the grass. And as he finishes the overtake, as his <laughs> cockpit is about is about front wheel distance from Yuki. He gives him a quick waggle of the finger, which is just the best. This peak Fernando Alonso to be like, ah, 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 young buck. <laughs> Give Poppy more space next time. <laughs> Can Yuki see that? Uh, you know, I feel like to the normal human, no. But to a Formula One driver, if I'm looking over at a car that's passing me, I'm going to for sure see a finger out the halo mm. giving me the... Uh, <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Which is hilarious. There's Because there's been other times when drivers have like flipped the bird or like waved. Yeah. And I guess they do notice. Like I remember what, Carlos and Lando, when they were teammates, they would wave at each other. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. I'm so glad that's over. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> love seeing Fernando. Tisk tisk. Yeah. Yuki. It was great. And again, I think it is just like you're getting passed by somebody. So you're looking at your wheel and you're kind of trying to get them. And yeah. then you just see the finger wag <laughs> come at you. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing could be more deflating or defeating in that yeah, moment. Where you're, try, where you're trying to desperately keep your space and he's got one hand off the wheel <laughs> to scold you. So amazing. What is there, 25 years between those two? Ah, something at least. Man, it's such a gift that we get to watch and, Fernando and, and Alonso race. And to be race. scolded by one of maybe your heroes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. I, I know that there's a few drivers on the grid that definitely worshipped Fernando as kids. Yeah. I don't know where Yuki stands on that. I know Joe likes him. I listened to Joe's interview. Yeah, he, he talked about he it. He likes Fernando. He's a Fernando fan. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. You know, actually, to go along real quickly with Yuki, did you guys hear that... <laughs> What's his name? Uh, did you guys hear that Helmet Marco hired a psychologist for Yuki Sonoda? And the reason that they hired this person, I don't know if it's male or female, to uh, coach Yuki was to get him to shut up while he's cornering. What do you mean? Wait, stop talking? They said that they couldn't, they literally have been trying to train him to just stop talking on the radio and ranting while he's cornering and driving. He's literally turning on the radio. And talking when he should be focusing and shifting and doing things. He's losing <laughs> performance <laughs> he's, because he's mouthing off over the radio while he's supposed to be driving. Oh, that's so funny. Seems like a flaw in driver abilities. Right. That's it's, hilarious. It's, they felt that the, <laughs> this was such a problem that they actually hired a psychiatrist wow. to help coach him away from getting so mad that he's hurting his performance by ranting over the radio. That's Anyways, a, that's so really funny. funny. Unbelievable. Gotta love Yuki for 
all of his personality <laughs> traits. That is so, so funny. So speaking of people almost leaving the tracks, we saw <laughs> oh, yeah. we saw Sergio take a quick dip into the gravel. And in those cars, which is it's becoming, more of a swim. Yeah, which is becoming more of a uh, tradition between Mercedes and Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> Seems as though we're just going to see this yes, every set, Spielberg sending race. Sending him into the drink. Yeah. I was watching that and they didn't, at least on Sky, we didn't get to see a lot of that recovery. Right, but he it was a it was a spin out that he was able to ride himself, keep his momentum, and not get stuck. Right, but they didn't show us how he got out. But it's actually at least in the time that I've been watching, quite rare to see somebody come close to a stop or to a stop and actually get out because that gravel looks like quicksand. Right, yeah. to those cars, and it's intended to stop them. Yeah, the the intent of the gravel is to keep them from having a large number G impact with a barrier. Mm. It's meant to kill the momentum yeah. and slow them down. And so, yeah, it totally traps cars very easily. But something that's interesting about this season, and again, cars brand new, it's different, and the ground effects arrow. Way lower. Is that the car is super low to the ground and its most sensitive and crucial aerodynamic components are under it. Ooh. So a trip through the gravel is detrimental in Just 22. Destructive. Where last year you could survive a gravel trap and then get back on the track mm. and just be spitting stones and be fine. This season we've seen it both with Perez, we've seen it with Signs, we've seen it with now Vettel, who yeah. also took a trip through the gravel. Mm -hmm. Every time that's happened, the car's performance is trashed. Wow. And so it's usually a pretty pretty clear indicator that you have a death sentence for your aero performance if you take a trip through the gravel. And wow. he, so he was able to get out, but he DNF'd because of the damage, because of the gravel? Yeah, he did end up losing some side pod work and some other things as okay. well. And so the car was pretty well screwed. But uh, even Vettel, who was having an okay race, had Albin understeer and push him off the track. And then the car was really struggling after that. So pretty interesting <clears throat> stuff to see just how different. We already know there's a million differences between this year's car and last year's car. But where they ultimately are still open wheel race cars, it's insane mm -hmm. to see just how different they can be. Wow. We've been getting amazing questions from you guys. And thanks so much for sending in your voice memos. We've got another good one from Sam. This is it. Hey guys, uh, long time fan, short time listener. Okay. I have a question that, that I just, I feel like it's too late to ask anyone and I don't understand it, but uh, in Ford versus F Ferrari, in the ending, Ford makes him kind of slow down so all the other Fords can cross the finish line at once. But from what I understood, he was still first like he led the pack in yet when he gets out of the car you know he thinks all the fans are running up to him but they run past him to the other Ford guy and I don't understand why he didn't win I think he crossed the line first so if you could just explain that that would be very helpful <laughs> also do you get more points if you have a bigger lead on the guy who finishes, you know, second or third or, you know, behind you. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for putting on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for the question, Sam. This is a really interesting question. 
and uh, is a great opportunity to kind of talk about the fact that sometimes the guy who wins doesn't end up winning. And some of the rules that occur in all of motorsport result in frustration, some frustration. <laughs> and the guy who the guy who crosses the finish line first, not actually winning the race. I'm sure, Mike knows exactly it, Mike. how to answer this. Yeah, so we'll start with Ford versus Ferrari, right? So with the the specific instance of where the three GT40 Fords cross the finish line at the same time, the FIA rulebook stated that whoever started further back had come a greater distance on a tie, and so therefore they were the winner. Ken Miles had qualified higher, and so even though he was leading and technically finished at the same time as the other guys, Bruce McLaren, who founded McLaren Racing, Mm. was further back in his qualifying, so by him tying Ken was given the victory and went into the history books as the first guy to win for Ford at so Le Mans. it's 24 hours of Le Mans. That is an endurance. <laughs> it's, is, is it an endurance race? Is that right? Correct. How does that work? Because could Ken Miles have done more laps in that time than McLaren technically? Yes. And he had. He had to slow down. He slowed down to let the other... GT40s catch him. So they so in an essence we don't see it necessarily in the movie. They they catch up on laps. Right. And then they get to the same amount of laps. So how is the race over for endurance racing? So it is a clock and then once the clock comes down it's final lap. Oh, so if it's like 24 hours of Le Mans, they <laughs> they stop it and that's Le last lap. Le Mans. Le Mans. I I do have a cringy reaction every time I hear some American guy like, oh, I love Le Mans. Or like, this week at the Spanish Grand Prix. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm American. It's Grand Prix. Yeah, Prix. Chucky <laughs> <laughs> Leclerc. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So basically you just go through the entire 24 hours and then mm-hmm. on the very last lap, or once the clock strikes 24, it goes to a final lap. And in that instance, they were tied. They crossed the line. So they went by who actually went the further distance. The other guy had gone like 20 more feet. Exactly. That's and was given the win. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And that, great story. And, and similar things have occurred. Right. Well, and that's what brings me to my next point. We, we just raced in Canada and Canada is a sore subject for Sebastian Vettel as he was being asked about it again uh, last race weekend in Canada where they, of course, brought up uh, where they removed him from P1 and gave him P2. Tell us that story. Uh, so Tell us of the stories. <laughs> every time. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, Lewis and Sebastian were locked into a really good fight. It's Sebastian was leading the race. It's, uh, what, it, for the last decade, it was always <laughs> Lewis. As Sebastian was going into one of the chicanes, he had a lap car ahead of him. And as he was heading into the brake zone, there was no downforce on his car. So he understeered and went off the track and went across the grass. As Sebastian came back on the track, a very opportunistic Lewis Hamilton approached from the outside and tried to go around Vettel. Vettel, who had then regained control of his car, was also at full wide open throttle and they went wheel to wheel completely down the track and Sebastian was able 
to manage keeping Lewis behind. The trouble was is that about two minutes later, the FIA came over the radio and they said, Sebastian, you have a five-second time penalty for an unsafe rejoining the racetrack, which Lewis was very quick to bark over the radio as soon as Sebastian had gone wheel-to-wheel with him. The attempt on my life (laughs) has left me (laughs) scarred and deformed. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So Sebastian came over the radio and was immediately (laughs) losing his mind because he knew that his tires were not well enough for him to To put a five-second gap between him and Lewis. So he knew that the FIA were giving Lewis the win. And so after the race... Uh, Sebastian pulled into park or didn't pull into park for me at the Mm -hmm. end of the race and uh, switched the ballards as we know for P1 and P2. Took the P1 ballard from Lewis and put it in front of his car. Yeah, Took the P2 from his car and put it in front of Lewis. And then walked into the FIA office. (laughs) Baller. And threw a fit. (laughs) Um, Which was great. You know, it was one of those moments where it was great to see somebody stand up to just ridiculous rules. And again, something that Again, I feel this season has actually been better. I do feel like they have been way less trigger happy with the penalties. Yeah. I do feel that George did deserve the penalty with contact for Perez. You could see a lot of drivers had actually hit the apex and not another car on that turn. And George was a mile off of the apex when he made contact with Perez. And so, and Perez was ahead. So there's a lot of factors there, but... Again, you know, in that instance, it was a shame. It cost him the win, and it was a rule that cost him the win, just like Ken Miles. But there was Milan. a there's another race. I was it last year when and I want to say it was Ocon or Vettel. It was it Vettel again where he got second or third, and then they measured the fuel in Vettel. his car, and yeah. it was didn't have an, enough fuel. He was disqualified, and then disqualified didn't get the podium. Which actually happened to Ricardo as well. That that, mm. that was the other example that came to mind mm. when when Sam asked that question. It's funny that they're both Vettel. Yeah. So <laughs> the FIA and Vettel have definitely had a few instances, and he even stormed out of the drivers' meeting this weekend over something that had happened between him and the FIA. He's not quiet. He's not afraid no. to speak up. Which you know, neither was Aaron and Senna, and most of the drivers who were of note mm-hmm. aren't just conformist. Yeah, Google. Sebastian Vettel's underwear, if you want another good example. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Sebastian, uh, in that instance, his there is a certain amount of fuel that you have to have at the end of the race to be able to be tested by the FIA to verify that you weren't running an illegal fuel mm-hmm. um, in your car, like some kind of crazy extra rocket fuel or whatever. blood. Yeah, something that... Tiger blood. Yeah. (laughs) 60% of the time it works every time. That's right. (laughs) But... uh, Moon dust, fairy dust, steel BBs. Make sure you don't have anything crazy going on. Uh Sure. And so if you don't have that ample amount to be tested, then you'll be disqualified. And it's only happened twice to my like more recent knowledge where Daniel Ricciardo was disqualified in Australia. It was the first time an Australian had podiumed in Australia. So it was a a real shame that happened to him at Red Bull and Vettel with Aston Martin. I mean, Sam's question reminds me of like another thing is that there's different types of motorsport and you win different ways. Right. Formula One is there's an X amount of laps. First person to complete those laps wins. Right. That's just it. And it doesn't matter how far ahead you are. Still the same points. 
Right, but there is actually, as the second part of his question there, mm-hmm. he did say it, the gap. So now they're not measuring the gap between first and second place. However, there are extra points, one extra point awarded for fastest lap. Mm, right. And so you don't get any extra bonus points for finishing miles or laps ahead of anybody, but you do have the potential for one extra point if you go the fastest. But a fun thing about that, and to correct me if I'm wrong, you can only get that extra point if you're in the top 10, right? Correct, yep. And there, I have seen races since I've started watching where... That's been stolen. Yeah, some yeah. guy in the bottom 10 decides to get the fastest lap and takes it away from one of the championship guys <laughs> yeah. just to like spite them. Yeah, well, so it, awesome. it can totally be a sister team move if they can put down the lap, mm-hmm. right? So you don't want Lewis or you don't want Signs or somebody to get that lap and your car is competitive enough mm. and you're an Alpha Tauri and you're in 12th. Mm. Throw in some softs and blitz fastest lap mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can totally steal that away. Yeah. And then, of course, there's other motorsports like endurance racing where it's not necessarily complete the laps first. It's how far you can go the fastest. Right. Is there any other types of ways to win in motorsport that I'm not thinking? Like rally sport is stages as fast as you can. So it's yep. like time trials. Mm-hmm. Everything is ultimately the fastest, right? Is the winner. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's the one who finishes. <laughs> Uh, th- that's the other factor is that no one's awarded for 70 of 71 laps. Has there ever <laughs> been a, f- a F1 race where everyone has DNF, but w- w- one guy that has, <laughs> that has not happened, but man, it's come close. <laughs> but order, <laughs> order 66 is coming down the pipe. Yeah. There's been a couple of really ugly, like opening lap wrecks <laughs> and stuff, but has a driver. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, has a driver ever turned around and just drove backwards because he was hating the race? <laughs> no, I've done that on pole position on N64. How many penalty points would he get for that? Oh man, all of them. <laughs> five second <laughs> five second penalty. Five seconds. For Carlos's order 66 <laughs> move. I almost wonder more... I feel like I can think of times when drivers have broken rules and driven backwards and things like that because they were involved in an accident. They're just like trying to get to like the pit lane, mm. um, which is a big no-no. Mm. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, not not necessarily like driving backwards just for the sake of being <laughs> an obstacle mm. and a very dangerous one. Monaco, nineteen ninety six. What happened? How many finished? Eighteen. Out of 21 DNF. So three people finished? <laughs> three finished, yeah. Whoa, that's a fun highlight to go look for. A really high, like, what would you say, mortality rate for cars? <laughs> Oliver Panis. Oh, yeah, that was the that David race. Coltard with McLaren and yeah. Johnny Herbert and Sauer were the only ones across. Who won? Oliver Panis. Was he good? This is the thing. Did he just survive? I was a total shot in the dark that he won. <laughs> and I believe that in this race, if I can recall correctly, I believe Prost was leading for like a good portion of it in a Renault and he spun out and crashed and Panis was like two laps behind <laughs> and still <laughs> managed to win. Man, we gotta, let's find some footage yeah, of that. Yeah, we'll find some footage of that because I could be totally recalling this incorrectly and as we've seen on, uh, you know, if I slightly misstep, you know, nah, TikTok will rip my head off. It's great, it's great. <laughs> that's, we, love, that's, we love the drama. That is awesome. 18 of 21. <laughs> How tough would it be to find full races? Oh, so I mean... 
if you want to know my honest opinion here, <laughs> they're not that hard to find. Really? As well as um, some of my favorite things that I've seen is that for a very long time, the BBC did a year recap for every season before they lost the rights to then Sky Sports. But BBC broadcast most of Formula One over the history of the sport. And so you can find the year in review BBCs almost all the way back to the 60s. So cool. And so we're going to, how old were you in 96? Eight? Yeah. Seven? Yeah, it was. Did you watch that eight. race or have you just gone back and watched <laughs> every Formula One race? Because <laughs> you're like, Alan Prost was leading that race. Yes. Yeah. And I recall that he had a broken pinky. <laughs> It was hurting him badly, and he it took was a around bad lap turn. twelve. He which took one a bad of these? Turn two. Which one of these answers do you want it to be? <laughs> Just incredible. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for the question, Sam. Uh, that was really interesting. Thanks so much for having a great explanation, Mike. We've been getting a lot of questions, which we is have. great. More than we can handle. So which yeah, is great. they'll be answered in the next coming weeks, maybe months, depending on like what questions we want to prepare for to make them like really good answers because yeah. they're some decent, awesome questions. So keep sending them. We love it. Yeah, and we felt like some of the questions that we've gotten have been better answered by some other people that we're going to try to get on the podcast. So stay That's tuned right. for some of that. And if you need any other movie endings explained, <laughs> we're happy to do that. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. even need to be race related. We don't even need to have seen it. No. <laughs> yeah, that is important to note here that we never said they needed to be F1 related questions. You guys just have been doing that. Or if you want reviews on car movies i just saw days of thunder so did you oh yeah what did you think it's holds up really well yeah you watch that on like hd whatever it looks like it came out last year yeah it's it's the film quality it's, is it's really good pretty good dang okay yeah. and it's not like it's like the next, i think it's like 90 or 91 but yeah it doesn't feel like a 90s movie it doesn't feel like cheesy or old it's just pretty good NASCAR movie. It's definitely yeah. it's definitely up there. And I mean, again, the, the, the talent in the movie, Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, Randy Quaid, Robert That's Duvall. where Tom Cruise oh. got his start. Now he's team principal. <laughs> yeah, for Mercedes. <laughs> for Mercedes. <laughs> Tom actually had a, a stint of racing. Of course he did. With, uh, uh, what's his name? Paul Newman. So Paul Newman. No way. We need to do an episode where we talk a little bit about Paul Newman. This is yeah, I'd love to. He's the he's the best. And this is the only American podcast, so let's go. We got to. Paul Newman was trying to <laughs> encourage Tom because Tom had been making racing movies, Days of Thunder and things like that, and Tom got into it. And then one of uh, both Paul and Tom Cruise's friends, who was, I believe, another celebrity that was doing racing, was killed in an accident, and it scared Tom off of it. Completely. He just went straight to fighter jets. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to go be a pilot instead. Well, that's what he was talking with Lewis about. Yeah. I've raced in race cars, buddy. <laughs> I've crashed. I know what it's like. I was sponsored by Hardee's. <laughs> Mellow yellow. <laughs> and I'm not talking about pee. That's a drink in America. Have you heard of Mellow yellow? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That's a sponsor that's on the car. You send us send us your comments and movie car movies we could yeah. watch. And uh, there's your assignment, Haas boys, is watch Days of Thunder this week. <laughs> Be sure to get in touch with us at dashaasboys at gmail.com or haas.boys on Instagram. Things are heating up on Instagram, folks. If you're not following us yet, get on it. Thanks for joining us. We are the Haas Boys. Duck out. That's one small step.
podcast. Billions of dollars versus a couple guys in a garage. With some nachos.